This is Sam Curry, Chief Security Officer for Cyber Reason, and uh, the program is Security All In. Um, the spirit behind it is that we talk about what it's like to be in security, at what point we as security people went all in, when did security go all in on us, and uh, we explore risk. We use, of course, a motif of poker on occasion and talk about gambling to some degree in its as a metaphor for security because dealing with risk, of course, is always about uncertainty. I'm uh, joined today by my very good friend, Anne-Marie Zettelmoyer. Uh, Anne-Marie, welcome to the program. Thanks, Sam. Nice to be here. Yeah, and uh, a full disclosure, Anne-Marie and I are friends, but we're also on the board of a company. We're both on the board of SSH Communications, so we have uh, we have the distinct pleasure of uh, working together, helping to guide a security company, which is a lot of fun. Right, Anne-Marie? It is. It is a lot of fun, for sure. And shout out to Tatu, who is the uh, founder of that and also a co-board member with us and everybody at SSH who might be listening. So, Anne-Marie, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it, and I've been looking forward to having this discussion for quite a while because um, you are a force of nature in security. I've, I've been very impressed <laughs> with you over the years, and I mean that in the best possible way. Um, I guess I, just to open it up, I'd love um, – how did you get into security? How did you find it? How did it find you? Because I know your background is not one that you would have necessarily said, hmm, she's destined for security one day. That's a good question. I think, you know, like many of our peers, Sam, you know, I came from a non-traditional background, right? I started out in accounting and finance. The first decade of my career is focused completely on business. My degrees are in accounting and finance. My MBA is in corporate strategy and organizational behavior. And so I really focused on being able to speak all of the languages of business. And because of that, I was brought in to solve really tough problems, to be able to translate across groups, to bring holistic solutions to things, to make sure that we were approaching, you know, issues from a well-rounded perspective, right? To get to the right, mm -hmm. right folks to the table, um, aside from building accounting systems and profitability models and pretty much everything you can think yeah. of. You know, and underpinning those things was analytics throughout, throughout my career. I'm a big, as you know, I'm a big data nerd. You, you totally know? are. Yep. I totally am. By the way, you're also I a big numbers. security nerd. I just have to say that because I'm <laughs> always able to go to the mat with you and you're like in it and you love it. And it's great. I do. So I, I don't want, I don't want that to be lost by this perception <laughs> of a business person. You're a business person and a security person. That's critical, but please continue. You're a big data yeah. nerd. I am. I do. I sit at the intersection of business analytics and security, and there aren't a whole lot of folks that are shaped like that. But I got into a, um, a consulting gig for a very large utility in the United States to build a revenue protection model for them mm -hmm. uh, to fix their revenue protection capabilities. And, you know, that went well. And you know how when you're in consulting, they say, oh, do this, too. Can you handle this, too? And you said, yeah, sure. And I, you know. Oh, yeah. Vo like, volunteerism yeah. will be punished. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So, it was, you know, glutton for punishment. And the third project they handed me was upgrading their payment systems. Um, you know, oh, it's not a big deal. It's related. It's small. Right. Right in the middle of PCI 2008 when Ooh. PCI came effective. Right. So, mm, we had to do a hard Bayonetting the wounded. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, build in a bunch of security protocols and you know, security capabilities. And that was uh, aside from doing regular risk assessment from business and having, you know, accounting and auditing and building secure systems, that was, you know, probably the first shift into what people would call traditional security. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was in the background for the Secret Service. Yeah. And then uh, once I moved to D.C. to be an advisor to the director, that's when I sort of went all into security. Wow. So that would have been 2010, yeah. 2000. 
that was 2009. And I found that I had, you know, I'm a normally protective person. And I found that I just really excelled in security and security concepts. So I brought my ability to translate across groups and relate security to business folks and, and back and underpin that with analytics well. And I was able to move things and figure some tough challenges out because of that. And I love the space. And it's, As you know, yeah. I'm passionate about the space. It's clear, it's clear you brought <laughs> skills needed because um, security people are so poorly aligned with business generally. But I want to tap into that word protective because when we first met, you used it. And you also mentioned to me you were part of a big family and you had a lot of siblings. But this notion of a desire to protect, a desire to stand in front of danger, and the appeal of that came across. I don't know if I was inferring that, but you just used that word. And I wanted to say, is it like when you're like as a sister to people where you're like, I got this, you're safe on my watch kind of thing, that that kind of infected you at that point? Well, I think so. I come from a, a I do come from a big family. I have one sibling, but plenty of cousins. Ah. And, you know, for me, Perhaps it's just the way that I'm wired, kind of high empathy type of person. And I've been blessed with the ability to solve problems. So I feel a a responsibility, almost a pull to protect, to Mm -hmm. care, to really take responsible or take to heart the responsibility that you have when someone relies on you to protect them, you know, and or relies on you for a decision. And regardless of what that is, whether it's ensuring the longevity of a company, whether it's, you know, finding a way to help the company be a better stewards of resources or helping you operate securely. I've always taken that to heart. Oh, and so I've, I've been passionate about whatever subject field I, I, I happen to be playing in. So you're, you you have a protective approach to the business skills as well, and this was an extension of that. Yes, and then of course you know even in my extracurriculars, as you know, I used to be I uh, you know used to be an MMA fighter a long time ago, but all but yes, always on. I knew that um, the defensive, right? Yeah. I didn't like. I will never um, ever. Tw- <laughs> I wouldn't anyway, but I will never be in a fight. I'm going to be counting on you if people come for us for you to keep me safe. I know that. Oh, right I'll stand in front of you. Don't worry Thank about you. it. I got your six also. Love that. Love that. Um, (laughs) The other part of it, though, is you fell in love with the tech. That was an extension of what you saw as protecting business and investment and and your early skill set. But you kind of fell in love with if I'm going to put words in your mouth so you can feel free to take them out and throw them at me. But (laughs) like you kind of fell in love with the incident response side and the joy of the technology and the people, too. Right. I mean, you're fascinated by exploits. You're fascinated by defenses and, and the personalities on the security side too, right? Well, yeah. So I'm a, you know, I have a, a penchant for puzzles mm-hmm. and taking things apart, seeing how they work. It's kind of, um, you know, when you're right brain, left brain, you like to do those types of things. You relate. like data, but you like stories as well. You like to solve things. And so I think the tech is fascinating because it enables people to move. It enables people to, you know, to actually do their job creatively and with a chance of success. But it's always partnered with, is the tech a appropriate and useful to the people, to the process. It's always integrated. I love the tech and I love to dive into the tech because I want to make sure, I want to see how it's going to work Mm. for the operator. You know, I want to see how it's going to make the business more secure functionally, to move forward functionally, incrementally, you know, not just um, something that's a cool widget. 
right? So I get really into the details to make sure that there's a path to success when you use it. That's an amazing thing. Uh, it's one thing I think that almost everyone in security I know has to some degree, but you have it to a huge degree where you're, you're interested in how people are motivated and technology is motivated and how business happens. And then you roll up your sleeves and dive right in it, almost like an MMA con- competition <laughs> right there. Um, so tell me, had you had any inkling before this call, I guess, in the 2008, 2009 timeframe, had you, had you been exposed to cyber before that, either in school or in early functions and roles, or was this new and a natural thing? You're like, wow, this was made for me and I hadn't seen it before. Was that, was that an abrupt change or had you had a little, little exposure to it before that? No, it was not an abrupt change. You know, what's funny. I was speaking about this to somebody earlier this week is that when you're a translator and you see a lot of different perspectives, we are more alike than we are different. Mm -hmm. And what's funny about accounting, for example, and the curriculum in accounting is that there are tremendous security principles taught in accounting. In security, we we focus on the triad of CIA, right? Mm -hmm. So accounting has the same principles. We just call it a different thing. It's a different dialect. Now, I'm not right, an so, I'm not an accountant, and it, and it kind of scares me a little bit. But I, I, I'm willing I'm willing <laughs> to put my toe in the pool. What are the principles on that side? What are the for those of, assuming that most people listening to aren't accountants, they're more security people. What would you say to security people so they can reach out to their friends in the business side? What are the principles that are aligned there? Um, if there are, if they're easy to label, I don't know. So I think there's things that can be really well taught on both sides. For example. We talk about integrity and data integrity a lot. When you are a public company and you're subject to auditing standards, right? Mm -hmm. And you get your auditors in. Everybody's aware of that, right? We know that we have to go through an annual audit to get an opinion on whether or not the financial statements are reasonable for Mm decision-making, right? That reasonability means there's materiality to that. But what they're talking about here is that is there integrity within the systems in order to make these decisions? Right. right? Do they use the word is, integrity on that side? Yes, or is, yes they absolutely do. do. Data integrity. They enforce separation of duties, which is what? Access control, IAM. In fact, we do borrowed people... that language a little bit on the access control side. Yeah. <laughs> right? A little. Absolutely. There's rotation of duties. There's a ton of protections and internal controls that are taught within that discipline that are highly relatable to the language we teach in security. It's just a different dialect. And so while a, that's why, you know, I I really encourage when I get into organizations, I build partnerships from the security side to to the CFO, because I can speak, you know, her language, his language, to legal, Mm -hmm. to HR, to physical security, because, you know, as you know, it takes it takes a village to to secure. Very much but the so. CFO is is trusted to protect the financial assets, the assets of the company, right? And security is there to do that as well. So there are, you know, there's excellent overlaps. We just got to figure out how to translate the dialects into each other. But they're the same yeah. principles. There's just a little bit different flavors. Yeah, and it's amazing how many people on the security side uh, find themselves uh, to some degree out of their depth. You know, as a security, as a CISO, certainly you have to be a good voice for risk. You have to be an agent for change and you have to have operational excellence, but you can't do all three. Right. And so it's usually that last one that they have to partner with. They have to find the person who's perhaps a finance person or a program person or a business person. And it, it's encouraging to know that the skill sets are translatable and relatable. Right. It means partnership can can emerge there. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're curious folks. They want to see where things work. Where does the money flow? Where do the transactions flow? How do they affect each other? 
Well, that's the same thing as, you know, tracking how access goes within a system. You know, there are bloodhounds on both sides. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd like to change gears a bit and actually uh, tackle a tough subject a little bit because, look, you are a strong, powerful, outspoken woman in our industry. And I'd like to maybe talk a little bit about diversity, which is always a dangerous thing for a white male to do, right? Um, (laughs) But honestly, as a woman who has achieved an awful lot and who has such a strong perspective, I'd like to maybe tackle how you see the state of diversity, especially with respect to women, but in any way that, that you want to address. And are we doing enough? And what more can and should we do as anybody who might be listening to this of any background? What do you make of the state of diversity in our industry? Well, You know, Sam, you said it's difficult for a white male to uh, talk about, and I would say no. I would say it's a responsibility for everybody to talk about, and I applaud you for bringing that up. And I hope that you continue, and I know you, and I know you will, um, continue conversations wherever you're at. Yeah, I I always try to force it. I mean, I'm I'm an ally here, but but it's it's not about what I do for it. It's about what you do, right? Yes. So, So when we talk about diversity, you know, there's the first thing I think about is diversity of thought, diversity of style, diversity of approach, which, you know, if you take a, a group of white men, you can, you can have diversity in there mm-hmm. and how people are brought up and your personalities and all of, of that. But it becomes so much richer when you bring, you know, someone with just a completely different background, a right. completely different perspective. I tend to look at things very, I think when I get into a room of people that I look dissimilar from, <laughs> you know, there are definitely uh, unique perspectives that come from my side, right? I tend to look at the integration of, you know, the technical side into the people. You know, I watch how people react to things. I watch how people implement and how they're responding to each other's conversations, right? Mm-hmm. And that helps me kind of tease out where their passion points are and where I think they're getting stuck. Uh, I had was on a panel oh, two days ago when I talked about diversity of thought in in development in machine learning, you know, and and that type of thing. Where it really takes more than one perspective to get in, and I get concerned when the only folks that are in the development room or in the requirements room limit themselves to one type of background where they can't necessarily see, you know, the anomaly or or how to round out the the problem. I think we still have a way to go. And here's what I mean by this. We, there's a lot of discussion on bringing women into security and encouraging that. And I'm, as you know, I'm a proponent of that, not just women, but minorities, anyone who is different, you know, you, we us, want people yeah. to be, yeah, right. We, we want people to be type A and, you know, extroverts and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm a, generally a quiet personality, even though, you know, <laughs> I, people will be like, what? But, uh, you know, I don't need to be out on stage, right? I need people, I need people that are like to be in the background and like to be watchers and thinkers. And I need all of them, you know, to help move things forward. But if you look at some of the surveys lately, Sam, and there was one that came out from Black Hat last year, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't want to misquote numbers. But if you look at the question where it says, do you feel that, are you concerned about the workforce shortage? Okay. Yeah. In security, right? And the answer is, you know, from the percentage wise, yes, more than 50% are concerned about this. Are you concerned about women minorities, underrepresentation of women minorities? No. That actually came out. Yeah. How okay. can we not how can we not be having such huge sections of our yeah. of our of us, of yes, our population? Even, a, even a numbers game. So I think there's gotta be, you know, it can't just be the large companies that can quote afford to 
have different perspectives on the on the team. It's got to be, you know, at all levels where you start looking for the best thinkers, great, but there are entry level thinkers too. And why don't we work at those levels as well, or people switching careers as well to bring in those perspectives that are a little bit different? Because I hear people having, you know, oh, I have a you know, high risk of, I just, I just need the highest person here and I don't care what they look like, but then they, because of access and skill and whatever, they tend to look like one person, right? Hmm. Ver- well, you've got to have, you got to put your money where your mouth is and you got to have, an, you know, some integrity behind the words and do active things to solve this problem rather than sitting on yeah, your hands. You know, and I see some sitting on your hands. I also see um, a lot of HR job descriptions and such saying you have to have, you know, 10 years of experience or 15 years. At one point, by the way, way back, I saw something that said 15 years experience required. I'm like, at that time, there hadn't been a public internet for people to do it for 15 years, right? Right. I've um, seen this too now my, recently. My, my yes. background, like yours, didn't come up through the ranks until relatively late in their career, right? Where it was like security all in. You know, I mean, you had a history before that, right? And yet here we are saying we expect you to have been born a security person with your destiny that ahead of you, it seems like we as an industry forget that most of us started somewhere else, right? And, mm-hmm. and we should be saying, okay, maybe I don't need the person with three to five years experience. There's some, you know what, if you need a level three analyst, you know exactly what you need. But there's a lot of positions in security that don't need somebody who has a boatload of experience behind them doing this. They have transferable skills. Do you think we do enough to look at that as well and go more broad in not just the on paper background, but in terms of what the experience is? Because I, I bet there's a lot of people that could do this job that they haven't even thought of it for themselves. Oh, absolutely. There's And there's always room to improve, right? Hmm. And there are companies that are building strides. But I think we, now I'm a, remember, I'm a data person. I think <laughs> we sometimes confuse correlation versus causation on what would be indicators for successful security hmm. people. And I think we also forget that security is a huge field. It's massive. Huge yeah. field. I do not need someone to be a Python wizard or a C++ wizard or a compiler or understand any of those things if I'm looking for someone that can help me understand how to comply with the plethora <laughs> of, uh, of policies that I, that I have to adhere to. That is a skill set, being able to succinct that down into the two or three or four or five actions that are getting, or, you know, that are going to make me 80% compliant with these. I need strategic thinkers like that. Similarly, I don't need someone who is an Excel wizard, let's say, although I think analytics are extremely important, um, <laughs> that is, you know, a level two analyst right? Or a level one analyst, although, you know, they need to know how to correlate data, but they don't need to necessarily have to make it sing, Excel sing, or be a Tableau wizard or something like that, right? Right. I don't need you to know that. And similarly, I don't need the, you know, that level three analyst to be the wizard in business translation, right? I need them to be excellent hunters. I need them to be curious. I need them to be you know, they need to understand statistics and I need them to be able to be passionate about what they're doing and have the the strength of mind to kind of pivot and be creative, right? I don't yep. need them to learn how to build an app for me. You know, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> you know no, that's that's not that's it's it's not a. But it's almost like what you're interested in is, and you kind of touched on this earlier. You're interested in the whole person, right? You're interested in in how self aware are they, how broad are they, and where are they going to apply themselves to the department? Because there's many things they could do, right? Right, and I want them to be curious about where they're 
practice area is right now, how does it impact and how is it impacted by the other areas of security and business, right? If you're passionate about what you do, you should approach it as a craft. Part of that craftsmanship is understanding the ecosystem around it. So if you are an excellent red teamer, Hmm. partner with the blue team to understand why you are there. You're there as a red teamer to help the blue team be better at defense, to help the remediation teams prioritize risk, to help the business operate effectively. You're not there just to be super fantastic at breaking (laughs) things, right? There's a purpose behind it. So be curious about why you're doing what you do, who you're protecting and why. I, right. I was talking to a friend earlier, Ben Cottle from Rhino, and he said uh, he's constantly surprised that blue teamers don't know how red red teams operate and vice versa. And he's right. I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but so many people are busy penetrating networks and doing the red team thing. And they're like surprised to learn what the tools are on the defense and vice versa. We We did these deep hunting tours for a while. And I'm amazed at how many people haven't necessarily seen an attack carried out, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, there's a heck of a lot sitting right next to us that we haven't necessarily soaked in well, and, and integrated with what we do. Well, right. And what would it mean if an organization, and I coach red teams a lot on this, what would it mean if instead of your red team handing a report, your head of offensive security saying, oh yeah, we can, you know, here, you want to put in this tool? Okay, but we can overcome it this way. You put it, okay, but we can overcome it this way. What would it mean to an organization if the red team said, hey, yes, we can break in with sophisticated measures. Let me give you the context of what that means. Let me help you inform your decisions by saying, yeah, that's, we can get in, in sophisticated measures, but we can also get in really unsophisticated measures. And while Mm -hmm. this is a a sexy tool, you really need to focus here or you're, let's get you to a point where you can receive the tools at the basics. You're doing the basics that you can defend against, you know, the really high level APT style attacks. And sometimes the APT style attacks, many times, they don't have to be sophisticated at all. Remember, (laughs) APT is just a, is really indicative of a persistent interest into your organization. They're, because they're well-funded and they can be paid to have a very long interest. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> they, it, it, they, it, the persistent be, is much more important than yes, the advanced, right? Yeah, they, yeah. yeah they, can be, they can have advanced skills, but that doesn't mean they have to use them. No, and in fact, it's probably <laughs> right. less expensive for them and less risky. From a, yeah. from a, you know, they just got to get it right once um, right? out of the hundreds of times. Right. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I'm with you there. Shifting gears a little bit. You mentioned passions, and we sort of touched on this notion of whole person, which begs the question of what you're passionate about. And I think I'd be doing a disservice to our our listeners if I didn't ask that. <laughs> what What do you like to read or listen to? Um, you know, do you have anything that you find relevant or not to security that motivates you that you look forward to or gain energy from what what are the things that Anne marie likes to do well so that's a multi-part question so i, I mean through my personality you know that i like a lot of different things that's why yes that's and, why and i know and multi-part <laughs> multi-part answer is just fine so i think part of the reason why i'm successful in security is because i i do a lot of things i look a lot of, look at a lot of perspectives so i can build you know holistic solutions right and that's what makes me a very good strategist so things i love to do though you know i love to laugh so yeah, someone asked me yeah. what type of uh what type of movies do i like to watch and if i had a choice above anything i would find something funny you know cuz uh, cuz life is hard and work is hard and you know having moments of joy are important nice <laughs> do you do you, you know? have do you have a favorite classic movie that you go back to and you can watch over and over is there anything funny there that you just want to go see again and again 
<laughs> you can you can you can say pass. I don't want to answer that, but I, I have to well, ask. Well, I mean, if anybody who knows me knows that I, I continuously date myself by having every reference that comes out of my mouth to be from the 80s. Nice. <laughs> 80s and early 90s. So like so Princess I, Bride is up there? Always. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I always watch The Princess Bride if it's on. Silly movies like The Three Amigos. Nice. Uh, Coming to America. I love that movie. Wow. That, that's, oh a, that's a good one. <laughs> That's, that, that's but, a good one. Arsenio yeah. and yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty amazing, Eddie. But I also mm-hmm. love The Godfather. You know that huge piece for me. In fact, someone last year at Black Hat introduced me as the Fiber Consigliere. Nice. Uh, I think Leor does that sometimes with me. I I wonder if he's listening to the podcast. I think I'm Leor's consigliere here at Cyrus of it. Yes. So you're into you're into that sort of uh, rich story from the 80s as well as shall we say bald humor from the 80s yeah i do i just i like to laugh but i'll tell you one of my favorite movies lately is hidden figures oh i haven't seen that oh Oh yeah actually i have that's the space program one yes the goddard uh the the women involved yeah i haven't seen it i haven't seen it oh that hurts me you should watch it it's powerful i I, I will on an upcoming flight you know triumph and perseverance and strength of character right oh i'd love to see that emotional and powerful storylines within that, you know, especially when we talked about diversity, you know, how women and minorities were discounted and still discounted and the value that those women brought. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're human computers. I know. Human computers. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> oh I haven't seen the movie, but I, I know the basics of, of, of course, the story, but um, oh, it's I will absolutely, I will absolutely. You should, that. you should watch it today. It's, you will come back a, a better person for it. Now I'm, I I may regret this question because I'm sensing a very a very strong human computer in the woman I'm talking to right now. But uh, <laughs> we we are looking at some point I think of doing like a senior person in security poker game. And I have to ask, would you join us and not take too much money? Would you Would you be part of that if we did it and if we recorded it? Oh, I love me some poker. <laughs> I, I I even have my teams when we get a chance to. It's one of the things I like to do when I go in organizations is I hold regular poker events nice because there's so much you can learn yeah because i'm, I'm terrible from, at it come and take my money yeah. well, absolutely data and people right it's not right. just data it's how people react their emotions and you know i'm not saying i'm a, a very good poker player but i will be enthusiastic about it. awesome awesome <laughs> and um so we're getting close to the end uh, and I, I you and i could keep talking forever probably um, but i have to ask if one thing for you to do is uh, not address me but maybe somebody who may be listening picture them however you want and they're in the early stage of their security career and sort of thinking you know where do i go what do i do what's the right path for me forward especially given where we're headed societally and as an industry do you have any advice for that person do you have any insight from your background that you picture them however you want and reach out and say you know here's the here's my wisdom today from Anne Marie what what would you say to them well a couple of things As far as where to start, I would say just start. Find something. Mm. If you're having trouble breaking in, start at a help desk or or whatever, just to learn the principles that you can. It's not enough to just, you know, understand the language of business and and analytics. You have to understand the context that you're working with within security. Get into a a part where you can start speaking a little bit of the language, right? Read whatever you can. But I would love to everybody at any level to hold on to this particular nugget is that The goal is to improve security every day, right? You're not going to fix it. You're never going to fix it. You're never going to be at 100% patched. You're never going to be at 100% anything, right? So let's not 
you know, let all the sexiness and all of the, oh, but you can do this, get in the way of doing the prudent things that we need to do every day to move it forward a little bit every day. You know, let's not sit and admire the problem all day. I encourage you to action, even mm -hmm. if it's just a little bit every day, get those little wins every day and don't give up. You know, don't give up. Find some good mentors. Um, if you're in the middle of the career, getting a career, switching careers, whatever. Find some mentors and be willing to do the stuff that you may not be particularly interested in yet, but you can always learn from whatever ever job that you're going to endeavor in. And then that will help you learn what you like, what you don't like, and pivot afterwards. Excellent. And of course, from earlier, you said bring your passion, right? Bring that to it. So yeah, that that that's awesome. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. I look forward to working with you more in the future. And thank you, for, thank you for joining us here on Security All In. Me too. Thank you, Sam. It's been fun. 